Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. This week for the show, I got to chat with the one and only Lisa Bevere. We're talking about her new book, Godmothers, and the significance of having women in your life who have gone before you, and the impact of having a godmother in your life, and what that means. And y'all, Lisa is everything you think she is and more. This conversation was such a gift to me personally, and I know it's going to be the same for you. I'm so excited to welcome Lisa Bevere to the show today. Lisa, hi. Hi. I, I'm so excited to be on the show. I, I actually really loved the title. I would have said yes if you had two listeners. Oh, the <laughs> highest praise. Thank you so much. So I, you're kind of one of those guests that almost, you know, needs no introduction. But in case you do, I would love for you to maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're what you're passionate about. And you're here to talk about your new book, Godmothers. Maybe tell us a little bit about that as well. Absolutely. Well, I am a 60-year-old Sicilian grandmother. I am the mother of four men and a grandmother to four. I have two grandsons, two granddaughters. I have been traveling and ministering to women for over 30 years. That's just right there. That's just kind of crazy for me to think about it. It's really changed a lot in the last 30 years. Let's just say that. Yeah. And um, I have a heart to see women be everything that God created them to be without imagining that they have to take that value or that power from somebody else. I, I believe that too often our culture has a scarcity mindset that says if the women are going to have to be free, then it means that the men have to be bound. But the truth is that I get my value, I get my freedom, I get my identity, I get my authority from God, not from taking it from the man. So mm-hmm. I love that. And um, I turned 60 in June because I mentioned that. It's kind of like I've got my golden, golden, yeah. golden birthday happen. My birthday is June 6, 1960. Oh. And I turned 60, but I'm not the Antichrist, so nobody needs to worry. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I just realized, you know, my life is shifting. Mm -hmm. You know, zero to 30, you're growing, you're learning. Then you go from 30 to 60, you're learning and you're building. And then 60 on, you need to actually begin to mark some pathways and, and turn back and impart what you've learned. And so I feel like this is my season to be a godmother. And to be honest with you, I I just didn't like the word mentor because mentors tend to reproduce themselves. 
they're like, hey, this is who I am. Do you want to be me? Yes, I want to be you. And then what happens is you hit that ceiling of either now you're a competitor or, hey, that's all I can take you. But I find that mothers, they want more. Now, healthy mothers, not crazy mamas, but <laughs> healthy mothers want more for their children than they had for themselves. So they want to see their children grow stronger. They want to see their children prosper in their soul. They want to see them prosper financially. They want to see them grow. And so I thought, well, mothers are great, but if you can add the God factor, because everybody is flawed. Every mother is flawed. Every father is flawed. So we want to say, okay, I want to be a mother in your life that points you to the flawless one who is God. That so I have I've had a few people on the show to talk about discipleship and mentorship and that concept of you either grow enough to become a competitor or you outgrow them. I think that that really does hold a lot of people back from stepping into that relationship mm-hmm. because they're afraid of that being kind of the only two options. Because we, exactly what you said, we do live in such a scarcity mindset culture Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where, you know, rather than we believe that, you know, if if I share my platform with this person, then they're going to outgrow me. They're going to blow by me. And then what happens to me? me. Yeah. Right. Instead of, I don't want to go alone. I want to take anybody I can with me, you know? And and you know, the truth is sometimes Blake, that does happen. Mm -hmm. And, and the way you have to look at it is their success is your success. Amen. If you've sown into that person, then then you have you have a part in their flourishing. They're not they're not displacing you. You know, one of my friends, this beautiful uh, pastor, her name is Pastor Leah Chan, and she pastors this phenomenal church in Singapore, and she said it best. She said the next generation is not our replacement. They're our reinforcement. And so if we understand, if I understand, okay, cute Blake with her braces and her two children and her husband with her Southern accent that she's kind of bringing down, if I can actually bless Blake, then I have actually planted in a field. It's kind of like, I, you know, I don't know if it's like direct marketing where you get in on the, the, the first level and then you get to grow with that person. And, and I think it's a mindset that does need to be confronted. For years, I have prayed, started with my kids, that my children would go further and farther, that they would see up close what I only saw in a distance, that they would touch with their hands the things I only handled in prayer, that they would speak out loud the things I only had courage enough to whisper. I've prayed that for my children without any fear. But then I started praying it over audiences. And I remember the first time, Blake, that this got challenged in my heart. I remember there was this beautiful, or she's still alive. There's a young, beautiful girl who had been really ministered to by one of my books. Um, She'd really been touched by a book called Kiss the Girls and Made Them Cry. And she invited me to speak at her conference. And so I'm at this conference, I'm sitting and she's speaking the very first night and she gets up and Blake, she does my key message from the book. And you know what? 
She did it way better than me. Oh. She was way cuter when she did it. She had extensions on. She had a cute outfit on. And oh I gosh. was sitting there and I found myself kind of getting mad. Yeah. I kind of felt, felt like, you know what? She didn't pay a price for that message. She just read it in my book. I don't know if she should be preaching it. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you need to be very careful, Lisa. He said, you are despising the answer to your very own prayers. You have prayed that the next generation would go farther. You have prayed that what was hard for you would be easy for them. And now you're seeing it and you're not liking it. And he brought me immediately to that parable, you know, the parable that I think all of us kind of sympathize with, where Jesus has this long list of people working, and there's the ones that work the nine hour day, then the eight hour, then the seven, and then the some that show up and they do like a half an hour. And Jesus pays everybody the same. And I'm like, Jesus, that's not right. That's not right. And in the message paraphrase, I love how Eugene Peterson handled that. He said that Jesus said to him, you know, hey, this is what you agreed to. Are you angry that I'm generous? And I think godmothers are the kind of women that will not be angry when they see the generosity of God on the next generation. They'll celebrate it. They'll bless it. They'll say, hey, 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 I'm so excited. I had a part of that. I got to be on the crappy Christian podcast and, and I see what's going on. You know, I want that to be my, my harvest. I don't want it to be my field. I want to sow into many fields. Blake, I've got three of the most stunning, beautiful, godly uh, daughter-in-laws. I don't want them to have the same struggles that I had. Hallelujah. They're living, they're living in a pandemic right now. So right. They're, they're, they're getting struggles that I never had when I was right. their age. But I, they shouldn't have to pay the same price. Mm -hmm. They have to pay prices of their own. And so I, I do think that Godmother is a good word for what we're actually looking for. More than a mentor and not limited to a mother. Someone that has a eternal perspective, somebody that can say, baby girl, I, I know you're crying right now, but if you just stay the course, you're going to have laughter in your future. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, it's someone that knows that the kingdom of God isn't fair because if it was fair, we would right. all get death. <laughs> we wouldn't get, you know, and that I yeah. just love that mentality that are you angry that I'm generous? Are you, isn't that, how, isn't that, isn't that beautiful? It is Eugene Peterson. I actually literally just interviewed a guy that he mentored for like 10 years. Oh, I'm so, so jealous. we just yeah. talked about, I just talked about Eugene Peterson extensively on, on another episode, but that really is the crux of it, right? When you're looking at these relationships and you're, I, because I would feel the same exact way as you were sitting in that front row seat, watching somebody basically give your keynote that, but that's the world. That's the yeah, world's and, and, response. Yeah. But, but what do I have that God hasn't given me? Amen. Like my keynote my keynote of mm. something I take from the scripture. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. that it just exposes the wrong mindset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have um, my, my oldest son, I don't know if you've interviewed him or not. You would love him. He wrote a yeah. book called Saints, 
saints becoming more than Christians. Okay, he's way smarter than John and I. He's doing marriage better than John and I. He's doing parenthood better than John and I. I'm not mad. I'm not thinking, wait a minute, you need to be crazy like I was the first four years I was married. I'm not saying that to him. I am thrilled. I am thrilled. My, my youngest son, Arden, he and his wife run something called Sons and Daughters. Their social media is so much cooler than my social media. <laughs> they, the, way, the way they do everything is cooler. John and I look at them. We look back at our pictures. My husband, the first couple years of our marriage, he had a, he had a mustache that looked like an <laughs> 80s porn star. And I had orange hair. What was I thinking? Like, nobody cared enough to say, Lisa, you look (laughs) like an Arab. Stop bleaching your hair. Stop it right now. So we didn't have anybody. We didn't have the cool factor. We didn't have this. Do we want our boys to be awkward like us? No. No. We don't. So I love that Sons and Daughters is flourishing. I love that Addison's book, Saints, has sold more than John's and my very first book, that we were like, hey, We've sold like 1,500 of our book. Like, we uh-huh. was, yeah. We, like, well, we thought that was a really big deal. And, and it you know, was, but it's it the was. ability to sell yes. a, and it's that mother yes. aspect. It's that yes. parental aspect. And that, the dad aspect. All exactly. Of yeah. And you know what, Blake, we don't have enough of that. And, no. And I, John and I, you know, we, I hate to say this, but you know, it, it, we'll just, we'll just put us in the category of older because John doesn't like, John doesn't like it when I say we're old. He gets yeah, really Yeah, the ER mad. helps. The ER helps. Uh-huh. And so earlier this year in June, John and I were invited to this gathering of leaders and we kind of were like, why are we here? Mm. And then we looked around the room and we realized everybody was probably 45 or under. And what we found out was that they all had gaps in their lives. They all had places where fathers or mothers had disappointed them, abandoned them, rejected them. And John and I were sitting in this room feeling very uncool, like, hey, we're with all the cool people right now. We're with a lot of movers and shakers. And they turned around and they looked at us and they said, you've been married for 38 years. You've been in ministry for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. We, we don't want to crash and burn. Help us. Mm-hmm. And you know that I, I, I saw a gap in my own life. You know, I don't know how old you are, Blake, but I discovered my gap pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And I found myself pregnant with my third son, 30 years of age, and realizing I did not know what I was doing. I was, I was hell bent that I did not want to be my mother. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to do marriage like her. I'm not going to do motherhood like her. Uh, I'm not going to be whatever I thought she was. I just didn't know how to be what I needed to be. And, you know, here's the thing. My mom was doing as good as she knew how to do. And right. when you know how to do better, you can do better. So I found myself learning out that thinking, I don't like what the generation before me did was not enough for me to like what I could do. Mm -hmm. And so I remember crying out to God and asking him to send me a mentor and looking for her for the first eight years of my marriage. And then one day realizing that she wasn't coming, 
mm. that she she wasn't going to be there for me and i saw in my in my spirit i saw this chain and again chains usually sound like chain link fence bondage i'm talking about like links of a necklace i saw a chain coming down from heaven and i knew that each link represented another generation of women then i saw open air space and then i saw one link just suspended midair and god said i don't want a mentoring of pride i want a mothering of brokenness wow. and he said for you there's not going to be that woman and i remember thinking why not <laughs> what am the I heck not, <laughs> am i not worthy of somebody's time am i not worthy of somebody's notice you know blake awkward one-eyed fearful young mom you know who yeah. why, should, why should anybody pay attention to me why should anybody say you know i see the hand of god on your life so i remember crying and and god said i'm going to ask you to be that woman mm -hmm. and i was like this is a joke <laughs> me me be the woman be the woman nobody poured into me i can't and he said he said you know exactly how to be her and i said no i don't he said everything you wish another woman would have been to you these last eight years, you begin to be. Yeah, go be it. He said, write it backwards. And I sat in that dirty motel room and I scribbled it out, how she would look at me, what she would say to me, how she would interact with me, how she would interact with my children. And, and I just stepped out of a place of watching for someone to be that for me and pour, I just began to pour out of my own brokenness. Mm. But that's write it backwards. Yeah. I love when God says that to us, write it backwards. You yeah. go be it, go do it, go make it rather than waiting for it to show up. And yeah. God does very and often drop things in our lap, but he, I think just as often says exactly what he said to you. You know, and, and here's the thing. Some generations pioneer mm -hmm. and other generations possess and I have felt like John and I are part of a pioneering uh, generation. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong to pioneer. It just means you're wired for that. And exactly. then there's, there's other ones that they're, they're like, thank you so much for pioneering. Now we're going to go in and possess. And I think what's happened, Blake, is that those that are pioneering sometimes despise those that are possessing. Mm -hmm. And those that are possessing don't value what the pioneers did so we have this gap and so we've got older women looking at the younger women and thinking well why do they act like that why do they look like that why do they do that how come i don't know how to do this and and unfortunately they have forgotten the command of titus that the older woman must teach and train the younger women mm -hmm. now it doesn't say correct them be harsh with them now, again, I think training does include correction. Absolutely. But correction happens in the dynamic of relationship. Exactly. And you've almost like earned that currency to, by loving someone well, to correct them and call them up. Yeah. Or you've gotten their permission. Exactly. You know, you and I were talking, uh, there's, there's a need. But sometimes we just don't know how to access it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, I did look at every single woman that I would encounter when you know, John was traveling and speaking. We had two kids in the backseat of our Honda Civic. I was pregnant <laughs> with our third. I'm, I'm looking at the people I'm staying in their house, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm like, do you see me? Is there something on me you want to say? 
can you help me out? Do, do you see I want to smack my husband right now? Can you help me? I know that's not right, but I'm not sure how to, how to adjust some of my heart posture and behavior. And, and, and they, they weren't seeing me. They weren't helping me. They weren't doing that because you know why? Blake, they were in their own struggles. And, and so one generation has to say, whether it ever happened to me or not, or for me, I'm going to be it. And so right now, we've got this gap and a gap is defined, which I thought was crazy. I don't know if you read that's in the book, but a gap is defined as a breach or a break or opening Mm. in a wall of protection that leaves both sides in a saleable position. So you can imagine like enemy armies and there is a wall, or you can imagine a, 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 a city of safety and an enemy outside where it's got under them under siege and there's a break in the wall where they are going to be vulnerable to attack. And I feel like right now, the older women think that the younger women don't value what is mm-hmm. on their life yeah. or, or they go so deep into the insecurity realm that they feel like they're not worthy, that they, they don't have anything to give, that there's nothing that you know, that there's nothing in Lisa's life that a Blake would need or value. Well, and and I think that the other side can also feel like, well, I don't want Lisa to feel taken advantage of. I don't want her to feel like I'm just, all I want to do is learn from her and sit under her. I want her to feel valued in her own right. And so it's this it's, it's cutting through all the, the garbage yes. that just yes. keeps us apart from one another and going, Hey, I value you. Hey, I value you. Like, right. Right. And, and having honest conversations. Cause I've had some young girls that I've said, Hey, I really got to put you in my heart and I want to give you the freedom. Here's my number. You call me whenever you need me. And then they'll say, Oh, I was just going through this worst time of my life. I didn't want to bother you. And exactly. I said, wait, wait a minute. I gave you my number. Exactly. I told you that you could, you could call me. And then I'll say to them, how about I just tell you really clearly up front that if you call me at a bad time, I will say so. Exactly. exactly. I'll say this is not a good time to talk. Yeah. Or I'll just say, I'll call you back at such and such time. And so, you know, you put healthy boundaries and, and same. You know, sometimes I call them, they're in my heart and they're like, my kids are screaming, I'm making dinner. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, well, the Lord is talking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to value my time. Talk to Value my time. Don't dishonor me. I mean, I I remember that. I remember people calling me for advice at the, the, what I called was just the, 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 the chaotic hour of pre-dinner. The witching you know, hour. <laughs> yes. Yes. That would be another word for it. Yeah. So I, you know, I didn't want, you know, to have people expecting me to be at my best when I was at my worst. So, you know, we need to make provisions and I think we need to make it organic. I think we've made it so sterile and so inorganic. You know, it's kind of like, okay, we are going through this syllabus on how to be a goddaughter or syllabus on how to be a godmother. And, you know, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not mocking that. No, and but it, it just may not be what people need. Well, and I want people, like I want, so let's, let's just pretend, let's pretend Blake is like, hey, I need, I need an older woman who is a godmother in the area of parenting. Mm-hmm. So she might live down the street from you. You might see this woman and you see her older kids come and visit every once in a while. And you, you're like, her kids actually like her. Oh my gosh. 
you know, they're, they're successful. They love God. They're conscientious. They're caring. They're empathetic people. That, that's the kind of kids I want to raise. And so you just go on our door and just say, you know, I just can't, I can't help noticing that you've built a beautiful life. And I just, I've just seen it. And I just want to get to know you. What, how could, how could we make that happen? Can my husband and I host you for you and your husband for dinner? Do you, do you like to go for walks? Do you like to work in the yard? Yeah. Let's make, let's stop making this intimidating and hard. Yeah. People are hurting people, people right now. You know, I I mean, I, there's so, there's so many suicides happening right now Gosh. because people do not well, do not do well in isolation. And we're meant to hug each other. We're meant to see each other. We're meant to, to, to read body language. You know, I had the most random moment on the airplane last night. I was flying back from Tulsa and I was watching Princess Bride because there's just hardly anything worth watching anymore. And I thought, you know what? I just want to watch Princess Bride. And there was this moment where he's sword fighting with the giant and the giant says, why are you wearing a mask? And he said, oh, they're, they're quite comfortable. And I think they, they'll be fashionable one day. And I thought, Oh Lord, no, no, no. I rebuke that. What was he thinking? (laughs) Take it back. This is all Wesley's fault. (laughs) It is Wesley's fault. And I was like cracking up. I mean, on the airplane, I like, I turned, I took off my headphones. I'm like, Hey guys, everybody guess what? (laughs) And some people started laughing and other people looked at me like, you need to stop talking. (laughs) But it's true. The mental, I mean, there was already such a mental health crisis, but yes. Oh my gosh. It's so exacerbated by the circumstances that 2020 has brought. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now, a message from a network supporter. Hey, it's Kelly, and let's be honest with each other. We aren't exactly feeling like a spring chicken this time of year. 2020 was relentless, and there's a good chance your skin took the brunt of that stress. Lucky for us, my very good friends at the Skin Center are here to help us get back on track and start the new year as refreshed as we've ever been. If you've been thinking about Botox, think no more. It's my favorite form of self-care. It helps fill in your fine lines and wrinkles, stopping aging in its tracks, and the brow lift it gives me makes me look refreshed and well-rested when I've really been chasing a toddler for two years. (laughs) It's pure magic in my life, and I only trust the amazing ladies at the Skin Center to give it to me. They've been an industry leader for over 40 years and are a top 10 Botox provider in the nation. There is no one better. Now let's save you some money. DM Skin Center MD on Instagram with promo code Kelly for $100 off your first Botox or filler treatment. Again, Kelly is going to get you $100 off. The mentor that I have had the, and she really, your definition of a godmother, she really is a godmother. She's not that, you know, she's not trying to recreate herself. She does not see me as a competitor, but she lives in Kansas city and I'm in Southern Louisiana and we, we talk almost every day. That's beautiful. But we don't, you know, so, you know, I think that there is a lot of beauty and power in those being in person relationships. But I also think that that's another way that we almost hold ourselves back 
from experiencing this is that like experience the fullness of what technology has given us in 2020 that you can connect, you could connect with somebody around the world. Yeah. But, but social media is not real people. No. I mean, I'm going to pour out on my social media, but yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> but picking up, picking up the phone, doing a zoom call, doing a Skype call. That's, that's intentionality. Exactly. No, I completely agree. Yeah. It can, you know, I, I had a conversation with somebody in my DMS the other day about, I love, social media as a, as a platform and as a tool. But if you're coming here to find Jesus, you're going to be sorely mistake. Like you're going to be sorely disappointed because like Jesus is here, but is being communicated through flawed humans. Like you need to get in your Bible, in your community experience church, you know, and it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. I guess you could maybe feel shepherded, by someone, you know, I th- I'm sure there are plenty of people listening who feel loved and shepherded by you because you do that well on your, on your platform, on your social media, but it, that does not replace an them, intentional them going relationship. To the word of God. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think that there is a little bit of a move towards on the social, let, let's just go Instagram, mm-hmm. be, be me. Look, look at my house, look at my success, look at my whatever, you know, be me. And when the be me's fall, the cruelty is overwhelming. So when, if I can say, don't be me, but let's just echo the words of Paul that he said to Timothy, follow me as I follow Christ. So if I'm not, if there's an area in my life where you're like, well, at least it's not really following Christ there. You know, don't follow me. Don't follow me. Um, and we, we're responsible for who we allow to deceive us. I mean, the Bible is so clear that in the last days, because what does it say? Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold or wax cold. And it says, take heed that no one deceives you. Yeah, test so, the spirits. The, test the test the spirits. Prophets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, I've been called that. I've been. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, somebody said to me, a woman in the pulpit with the name of Jesus on her lips is a witch. <gasps> no, I know it's gone that far. So oh. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. So Okay, well, what, your opinion no longer counts here. Thank you. <laughs> I just, no, I just was like, wow. I've, I've been accused of postmodern feminist. And I'm like, nope, no, that's not, that's not true. Uh, again, do I believe the, that when you empower women, you empower men? Absolutely. I don't believe, I don't believe empowering women we, that we empower by disempowering. I do believe that we have a crisis with the men right now. I, I think we have to be really honest with that. You know, there's many people that will say there's many different reasons for that. And I've read quite a few of those theories and books and where they'll say, hey, women have risen and displaced men, but rising is always a good thing. It's just, you've got to choose what you're going to do with that. So now that women have found their voice and they have found influence, are they going to do good with it? Or are they going to punish those that mistreated them? Because I feel like the oppression that men are feeling right now is a direct result of their mistreatment of women. Mm. So when God weaves the genders, he weaves them so intimately that what wounds women wounds men and what wounds, uh, what heals women heals men. And so if women 
are, are oppressed by men who should be the ones that are protecting them, who should be the ones who are, you know, speaking life and destiny and God's word over them. It says that husbands are supposed to love their wife like Christ loves the church. I sometimes hear religious leaders and I'm shocked because I've never heard Jesus talk to me the way they say husbands are supposed to talk to their wives. You know, I, I know that I, Jesus doesn't say, follow me, submit woman, you know, or I'm going to divorce you. He, he, right. never, he never says anything like that. He doesn't tell me to go home. He, 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 he loves me into the fullness of what I am. Yes, he corrects me, but he corrects me to bring up my best. You know, Ephesians says that our husbands are supposed, the husbands are supposed to wash their, their wives with the water of the word. They're supposed to evoke their beauties. They're supposed to bring out the best in them. That's what Jesus does for the church. He leads by lifting. He leads by, yes, turning over tables in our life. Where we where we are selling things that we shouldn't be selling. I feel like 2020 is a turnover the table Ooh, year. We yeah I, yeah. I feel like everybody's like, yep, that table got turned over. Yep. But he doesn't turn over the table to reject us. Right. He turns right. over the table to say, have communion with me. Right. You know, so you know, I feel like right now we've got women either rising up at the expense of men or hiding behind men. I had some woman, this sounds so embarrassing and ridiculous. Some woman said, hey, Paul told us we're supposed to be like Sarah, call our husbands Lord, even when they sell us to merchants that are traveling. I'm like, that was Joseph. That was Joseph. So I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? You're mixing, you know? And I, to You're me- mixing like not only the Bible stories, but like old covenant, new covenant. Like we got like a I, whole thing going I, on. I, I was just like, oh my gosh. And she was like, and, and I'm like, listen, anytime you're telling people to disobey God, to obey their husbands, you're putting mm -hmm. them in a very dangerous position. Because she said, well, Sarah lied to honor her husband. I'm like, yeah, there's another woman who lied to honor her husband. I don't know if you're in the book of Acts. Her name is Sapphira. Yeah. And Ananias and Sapphira agreed. Okay, let's say this. Okay, I love you, my husband. Yeah, that didn't honor end up you. real great. No, she ended up dying. So, <laughs> so just... <laughs> I'm like, the issue is about not giving way to fear. And so, uh, hallelujah. I'm just, I get, I get worked up about that. Blake, when I saw that, it took me like three hours to get over that. I was so mad. Absolutely. I, I cannot have you misleading people on my page. And then you go to their page and all it is is selfies of themselves. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I agree with you that there is, it's it's such a double-edged sword almost seeing this generation of women rise up. It's incredible to watch, to be a part of. It, God is moving. He is empowering women. You know, women have a place and they have a purpose. I think at the same time, we are kind of watching the men suffer for it or... I don't know if they're suffering. Not suffering for it, but they're not keeping up. A lot of the time, I think. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing, you know, I, again, I feel like it's not the women's fault. No. Like we can't keep no. them up, but I do feel like that maybe there's some stuff we need to do. You know, I don't, you probably didn't see this in my book cause it's really obscure, but there is, there is this scripture in Jeremiah, I think it's 31 verse 22, but sometimes I get, I get locations wrong. And it, it says 
Um, how long will you waver, faithless daughter? God's going to do a new thing. And he says, a woman will encompass a man. And another version of it says, a woman will encompass a warrior. And so I thought that is a really unusual, you know, scripture. I want to see what that's referring to. So I went, oh, here it is. It is Jeremiah 31, 22. How long will you waver, O faithless daughter, for the Lord has created a new thing on the earth, a woman encircles a man. So then that's the one. And then another one, it says, a, a woman will encompass a warrior, or literally translated, second line reads, a female surrounds a warrior. It says, but the meaning of the poem is unclear. So I closed my eyes and I was praying into that. And I said, God, what's what is this? I feel like there's something for the women of our day in this. And is it, is it the reason why they can't have a, a translation or the commentaries don't know what to say about this? Could it be because it hasn't happened? And I thought, wait a minute, we've got men right now that are in places of discouragement and despair and disenfranchised, that their whole world and their dreams are disrupted. And what I saw was a warrior dejected and depressed sitting in a mm. chair and a woman come up behind him and encircle him in her arms mm. and lean into her, his ear, almost like Abigail whispered in David's ear. And she began to say, hey, dragons are real. They're not just entities in video games. There is a real battle and you have to rise up and be a warrior. You will not have this story ending with you entrapped in pornography, entrapped in, in hopelessness and despair, reminding him, reminding him of their joint dominion, that they could actually speak the word of God and that the word of God would have its way and create a pathway into their future. Instead of silencing one another, they need to have a divine echo. You know, we hear a lot of leaders say, we're not going to be like Adam. We're not going to be a silent Adam. We're going to shut the women down. Mm. Well, it was never about the woman not having a voice. It was about Adam and Eve. They should have both used their voice on the serpent, Absolutely. not against one another. And so we have this opportunity to either denounce or say it is written, to mm. be like Deborah and call forth the princes and say, has God not said? And they might be like, I don't, I don't know what he said. Well, I'll tell you one thing that God says, be strong and be of good courage. Mm -hmm. And this is a generation that needs to hear. They can be strong and of good courage, no matter what is going on. And instead of asking God, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? You know, I find that to be such a poignant moment where Joshua sees the captain of the army of the Lord's host. And he's like, whose side are you on? Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm not on either side. Mm -hmm. You know, we're like, God, are you a Republican or a Democrat? God, God no. whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? And God's like, you just need to be clear about this. Yeah. I am bigger than sides. Yeah. Like I'm on God's <laughs> side. That's yeah, which is Who's bigger than all sides. of us. Yeah, I don't want to fall on the ground with Cora. <laughs> right. Well, and that that image you have of like the the man and the woman wrapping her arms around me, it her it also. Isn't makes it me beautiful? Think of, it is. It makes me think of of Moses with Aaron and her holding his arms up. Yes. That that yes. sometimes that's our job is 
with our men or, you know, that, that segues into the, the godmother conversation as well. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes somebody that we love is in battle and we're supposed to hold their arms up. Those men are remembered for their part in that battle because they held Moses' arms up. Absolutely. And so we need, you know, I just feel like right now we need to say, does our Genesis mandate still stand? Was I created to take something that was not good, men alone, and make it good? Or does that, has that all shifted and changed? And now I can be woman alone and that's good. Or do we need to do it together? Because male and female is a power union, not a power struggle. And we, we need to remember that. And I'm not just talking about marriage because, you know, there's a lot of people that are single right now. So when I, when I say that, I don't want anybody to say, oh, I'm powerless until I have a union. No, it's about men bring something to the table and women bring something different to the table. But together we have a whole picture. John and I have seen that for years, even with our team. You know, we've got young women and young men and we, when they all come to the table and everybody's input is valued and they're not afraid to lift their voice, there is something beautiful that happens. And it's just, it just needs to change. So going back to the Godmother conversation, just to close that out, this book is so, I mean, it's so packed full of wisdom, which is very on brand for you, Lisa Bevere, to, Thank to just you. be packing it in. But if there was something, if there was one thing that you could tell the, let's say the God daughters that are listening, you know, because I have a, a more, you know, my age listener. Well, that's who buys my books. Did you know that? Uh Probably. Uh Because we're desperate for you. No, no, that's, that's the 24 to 35 is my number one demographic. A hundred percent. I believe that because you have so much to offer and for us to learn from you. And so what, if you, what would I say? What would you say? Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to go on that tail end of being strong and courageous. You know, a lot of times people will say there's that reaction of fight or flight. And what I have found out the enemy has not, he has not provoked those two. Well, there's a lot of looting and fighting, but I would just say he has frozen a generation. So there's the third posture. It's called frozen. And I have found so many pure-hearted, godly young men and women who feel overwhelmed and afraid to move forward because they don't want to miss God. And for 30 years, I've heard this in one form or another, but I actually feel like I've heard it more recently than any other time. You know, what if I, what if I make a mistake? I'm just going to say this, you will. Mm. but it's better to make a move than do nothing. What, what if, what if I didn't hear from God? Well, if you take a step forward, you're going to hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk you in it, go right, go left. And so I had this experience with this beautiful young girl, um, that would be in your age range. And she told me, I'm afraid I'm going to miss God. And I went back to my hotel room that night and I was just thinking, I'm so tired of hearing that it's the, this, the enemy attacks the purest hearted and gets them to freeze. And I heard God say, and this would be my thing. I want to say to your audience, I heard God say, tell my sons and daughters, I'm a really big target. Where can they aim and not touch me? 
What can they see that does not declare his existence? You know, if we look up at the stars, we hear a covenant that was made long, long ago. If I look at the mountains, I'm reminded of the refuge and rock that is higher than I. Last week, I was near the ocean. I was there for a funeral and also for ministering, and I, I heard the power of God. And yet, this is what we're doing, Blake. It's like we get in times of prayer, and we're giving God a quiz. God, should I marry him or not marry him? Should I take this job or not take this job? Should I do A or should I do B? And God is like, you do not understand. I have a plan mm -hmm. and it's a good plan and it's a hope and it's a future. Baby girl, I need you just to start moving forward. If your heart is set on pilgrimage, you can tell your feet to just keep walking. He says his mercy and his grace will follow us. That means we need to move. So. Ooh. I don't know what he told you to do pre-COVID, right? but it didn't stop. Mm -hmm. It didn't get usurped by the wearing of masks or the pandemic, because I'm not so sure it's a real, I mean, I know it's real sick, but I don't know. I don't know what all's behind it, but all I know is that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, so I just want you to know there's a strategy from heaven and something happens when you just rise up and t adopt a different posture. Yes. Oh, that made tears spring to my eyes. Oh, I, I love that. I'm my a really big target. That, it, yes. Is that not, is that oh. not, it's, it's chapter two and begin with what you know. Yes. I just, I just start. Yeah, he's start. a really big target. You know, C.S. Lewis said this, it says, oh, I'm going to misquote it, but he just basically said that uh, the presence of God is everywhere. You, you can, there's no place to evade the mm -hmm. presence of God because he is everywhere incognito. Yeah. He's, and he's in everything. And exactly what yeah. you said, there have been many times where I have taken steps because I thought it was the way that I was supposed to go and yeah. pretty quickly became aware. Oh, mm, nope. Nope, need to, need to do a little U-turn on that one. That's okay. I, I say all the time to my people, I would rather an oh well than a what if. Totally. And, and I'm just going to say, as a woman who is 60, who has been married for 38 years, I wish I would have taken more risks early on. Yes. I'm just yeah, going to say You don't have it. to tell me twice. I love to take risks, but I'm thankful that there is somebody that is older and wiser that's saying yep. the same. Yep. Yep. Or, I would or rather saying, I wish I would have. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I have two regrets. I wish I would have let my husband make more mistakes by mm -hmm. taking some risks because I can get scared. Mm -hmm. and, and number two, I wish I would have loved my husband more fully, more fearlessly early on. Mm. I love him that way now, Yeah, but we sure lost about a decade on the yeah. front of our marriage. Uh, yeah. That, Cause well, in your it, fearlessly is the way is that's the key to loving them that way is yep. without fear of it not being reciprocated or it falling on deaf ears. It's I'm just going to love you this way. I love that. Lisa. Wow. I mean, I, I feel like we could just keep, going, which I would totally be game for, but I want to be respectful of your time. You're so, so sweet. 
Uh, just to close us out, if you could tell everybody where to find and follow you, I'm sure your book is, it's out. So it's available wherever you get your books. Right. Amazon or wherever books are sold. If they want to be with the nice people, they can follow me on Instagram and it's just Lisa Bevere and it has a blue check. If they want to wave out, wait out among the piranhas, they can go to Twitter. Um, <laughs> Facebook, so, Facebook, so accurate. Facebook, Facebook can be, you know, it can be a toss up. I don't yeah. know what to say. You never know what you're going to get with what but, day yeah. with Facebook. Yeah. But if, yeah, but if it has like, I only have one Facebook page. I'm just going to say that very clearly. I don't have something that has an orphanage in Uganda. So if you don't, if it doesn't have like a million followers or whatever, it was not me. I do not have a special prayer thing. I know. I just hated that people manipulate and steal money. So, but I, I feel like Instagram is possibly the, the best place. A hundred percent. I don't yeah. even have a Facebook or a Twitter actually. I like <laughs> only hang out on Instagram because exactly what you said. Yeah. I mean, there are mean people on Instagram, but they're, they're fewer and far well, between. You, you can block them. It's super uh, easy. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> Love me a block feature. Bless <laughs> and release. Be gone. Yes. <laughs> yes. I set you free. I set you free. Lisa, thank you so much. Um, Absolutely, Blake. I loved every moment of this. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.